Bring it. Hello, welcome. Hello. Once again. Oh, that was an early hello. I know, I was trying to get in before you, but you, I thought <laughs> if I started for once, it might fool everyone. But you're so quick. I liked it. That was wacky. Anyway, welcome. This is uh, <clears throat> our 11th episode of our fabulous podcast, Future Thought. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us once again. This is me, Ben Simmons, and my as ever esteemed colleague. Me, Martin Hill. Me, Martin Hill. There he is. Um, how are you, sir? Are you having a decent I- time? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's all fun and games over here in the north of London. It's have been a bit rainy the, today. Have you got over the furore of all the royal scandal after our last podcast? The what? Furore? Yeah. <laughs> it all caused a big to-do in the media, and then we released a podcast about it, and then obviously many more people yeah, took an interest. I was there for that. What does for, is furore a word? Yeah. It's just. Like... Oh, is it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought. I thought you meant to say fury, but you sounded like an. Uh, I was actually like, yeah, okay. If it's a word, I'll go with it. You, you're more intelligent than I am, so I'll go with uh, Ferrari, which is a word I've never yeah. heard. Yeah, F-U-R-O-R-E. It's like a, a sort of controversial problem that kicked up a stink, caused a furore. You know. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we've I've, I've never heard another human being say that in my life, ever. Well, have ever a look in at my it. Days. Look it up. But uh, I am kind of over it. Well, uh, yeah, to a degree I am. I'm a bit annoyed that it's still going on in the media. I, 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 yeah. I'm, a, I'm not, to be honest, I really despise Piers Morgan. I, I, I'm a bit angry that he's had to leave his job over this. I think that is far too an extreme that we're going into right well, now. Well, who knows what discussions there were between the high-ups and executives of the thing, but it looked like he sort of walked away from his job as a result of it, but maybe he was told he had to go. So, yeah, that's what I mean. He is an idiot. Like he, no, I think he stormed off because he sulked. I th- yeah, like, he's yeah. just that kind of guy. He, wasn't, he was getting picked on by the other guy or whatever, but yeah. for them to go in the next day, have a chat and say, mm, right, I'm off. It kind of makes the program look bad. Like yeah. you can't have, like it is a freedom of speech thing, I suppose. Like you can't have that. Yeah. And then, did you uh, like yesterday when um, uh, Patsy Palmer was on? She stormed oh, off. Oh yeah, well. I saw that because they put something up describing her about as being an addict. addict yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that show is getting some bad press right now. Ironically. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, anyway, but that's we're in. We're in for a treat. We are uh, uh, today. A little bit of a treat. Before we get to the treat, though, Ben, we've got our brand new spanking two little uh, nuggets that we like to do. Well, which, uh, I'll, I'll, oh well. Well, you, I was going to say I do have a fact, but my oh. fact strongly links to the theme of today's episode. Is your marvelous memory uh, nothing to do with the uh, theme of the episode? Kind of, kind of. It does in two parts, as always. For some reason, I've stuck to this theme of 100 years and 50 years of something and something. They're not yeah. really linked together, but the last one kind of links to the theme. I'm happy to go first, though, mate. Yeah, you go what first. I was, what I was surprised at is, uh, and this has kind of been in the 
in the works a lot, really, with regards to the whole corona thing. But I was, uh, again, it all came up because I'm looking back 100 years, and this all information kind of flooded at me today, which right. I, I had kind of read nuggets of it previously. Yeah. But um, there was a newspaper thing that I found, which was from 1921, which was talking about the year of recovery of 1920, because in 1918, of course, there was the Spanish flu, which broke out yeah, which lasted yeah, sure. two and a half years. And it was classed as like the the world's greatest pandemic the world has ever known or something. The biggest pandemic, the worst pandemic the world has ever known. It was right. there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it just kind of sprung true of today. And I was thinking, yeah, we've just gone through this thing. And that thing that took out, it was 27% of the world population got infected and they reckon over 50 million people died from wow. the Spanish flu, which I think we're on 1.3 million or something from Corona at the minute. So we kind of think we're in a bad place, but we've clearly been in a worse place. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but one thing that kind of came to me, and I thought, I wonder if that's true in comparison today. So in 1921, in the uh, in the aftermath of this pandemic, yeah, uh, there was a boost in certain jobs, and those jobs were nurses, teachers, and maids. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which were back in 1921, and I was trying to resource if there was any boost in activity around. Uh, 2021 and 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 job research and things like that. Yeah, and um, yeah, there is a massive boost in three occupations: nurses, teachers, yeah. and carers. Wow, yeah. And I'm like, that's that's just ironic that it, we're almost repeating ourselves historically in so many ways. Yeah, and yeah, there's a big boost in these things as well. And if you really want to go further. Then in 1921, America, obviously not the UK, prohibition started. So just like now, they couldn't go in the pubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really Which, bizarre. Uh, yeah. So they're, they're really reliving themselves, whereas I don't <laughs> think we had it quite as bad. And the big thing from 50 years ago, March 1971, was George Lucas's first film release, which was very sci-fi related. Little hint to what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, with uh, THX uh, 1138, his, yeah, uh, nice. his little sci-fi film. that he'd, It was his first one. Um, Do you know what? As a ridiculously huge Star Wars fan, I've never watched THX 1138, which is bad, really. Uh, I haven't watched all of it. I've watched some of it. It, it, it doesn't hold up to, <laughs> to uh, his, um, his, yeah. his, his, his later releases, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, no one does well first step out the gate, do they, to be fair? Yeah, sure, sure. Ah, cool. Well, that, that's really good memories there. Nice nice work, I've got to say. We keep saying ever. memories. Obviously, I've never relived any of these things. I'm no, just got historically factual information. Yeah, the segment And it is just rhymes with Martin. Martin's marvellous memories. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I think... We it, should it, be talking about my childhood, <laughs> which was pretty much just um, <laughs> shell suits and bad football probably <laughs> nice so. well it's on to uh, ben's brilliant brain then before we get yep. going to the nitty-gritty of this podcast and clearly if you've tuned in you'll know from the text surrounding this podcast that this week it's going to be about doctor who which is rather exciting one of the actors who's relatively recently played doctor who was matt smith who was a relative unknown when he started 
And um, in his first episode, outing as the Doctor, he uttered the line, bow ties are cool. And it became a motif throughout his time as the Doctor that bow ties were cool. And apparently, as a result of that, in the weeks after the first couple of episodes got released, bow tie sales in the UK went up by 94%. Yeah. That, I've, I've heard this fact before. That is my brilliant is, brain fact for today. It is true and pretty impressive and just shows you how immensely cool Doctor Who is. Absolutely, yes. So there we go. Martin's done an extensive look back at interesting things that occurred. I've done a very short fact that's vaguely interesting surrounding Doctor Who and bow ties. Let's very get- interesting. Imagine that. You literally, you're trending yeah. instantly. Causing I didn't instant- know it was 94%, though. Man, bow ties were shit before Dr. Who came along. <laughs> well, it's like people would only wear them with evening dress, I guess, until, until Dr. Who suggested otherwise. Um, well, good old Matt Smith. Did you know he was originally meant to be a pirate? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, his original wardrobe stuff, they dressed him as some kind of uh, pirate almost... Uh, a sort of goth rock chic kind of thing because he had the youth and he had the hair. Yeah. And if you ever, you can see online in places some of his, yeah, a little bit, not quite as yeah pirate as that, but yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, a modern version of, I forget what they call it to be honest, but you can, you can find them online somewhere. I'm sure they'll be around. I've seen them previously, which uh, the, when they do the, um, wardrobe fittings and stuff like that and they take pictures of him in different outfits to find the look yeah yeah and, yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's some comedy ones there but they were originally meant wanting to go with the 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 pirate thing and yeah, i think right. i could be wrong in saying this don't quote me on it but i'm fairly certain he had lived the line of but as a cool I don't oh know. really nice nice yeah, i think so yeah. even better well i think before we <clears throat> focus more heavily on individual actors or something I think what is interesting with Doctor Who is everyone has a Doctor Who they remember first from their childhood. And I know we're not the same age, so it might be different. But I remember growing up and Doctor Who was Peter Davison when I watched it. And um, I can't remember his assistant, uh, Ali, somewhere. I think it was called Ali or something. But uh, yeah, for, for me, my first experience of Doctor Who was Peter Davison. And then... It was a shot. I can remember feeling sorry that it was kind of getting less and less popular into the 90s and the mid 90s and then got sort of cancelled. Then they did the TV movie with Paul McGann. And I remember being so pleased when they brought it back. And I was genuinely excited at it coming back. And I think it went from strength to strength. I do feel it suffered a little bit in the last couple of years, possibly of overexposure and there being a lot of it. But then I'm, I'm a bit concerned about when it doesn't have an overarching plot for an entire series. When Chris Chibnall started as the showrunner, I felt it lost something. But anyway, I've dealt, I've gone off at a tangent. Who was your first? A little bit, but I was, I was letting you go with it. Who was your first um, Who you remember? The first one that I remember would be kind of Davidson. I, I, I do vaguely remember him. Back yeah. then, but but McCoy was the one that kind of hooked me in. I just I just really fell in love with Sylvester McCoy. Oh, and again, cool. this I, I mean, this was my brother. I mean, my brother's got a lot to answer for. I'm not gonna lie. He got me into wrestling, <laughs> he got me into Star Trek, he got me into Doctor. I could have been such a cool 
kid, (laughs) but I just got corrupted by these things. Uh, I mean, now it is cool. Back then, not so much. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, totally. uh, But I I was a big fan. I I remember uh, McCoy, and I used to get excited about watching Sylvester McCoy do the Doctor Who. And I don't remember the feeling of it going away, but I do remember the excitement of the McGann film uh, yeah. And and that that was a, a biggie for me. And I'm kind of gutted that he never got a run, yeah, uh, like, yeah sure. as the Doctor. But uh, the film was overall a bit weird because they did try to uh, Hollywoodize it a yeah. little bit too much for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Eric Roberts playing the Master, he he kind of I don't know he. <laughs> I don't think it's that he did it particularly bad. I just I do think he was the wrong choice. I think he did it as if he was, you know, up against like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible or something. <laughs> he just had this kind of yeah American bad guy kind of thing going on. For the context of the film, it worked fine, whatever. I loved the TARDIS in that film. Like they made the TARDIS feel huge. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which I just really enjoyed uh, about that. Uh, and then when it came back, yeah, I was I've just been a fan of all of them. I, everyone, I go through this little phase. It takes me a couple of episodes to get into them. Sure. Yeah. When Tenant came along, and I'm like, "What's this?" Like, I was I was enjoying Eccleston. It was a Northerner. I was getting on with it. I thought, yeah, it was cool. yeah. Um, yeah. and then Tenant came along, and he had so much more energy than Eccleston. Yeah, yeah. So you were like, "Oh, what's going on?" I but think with, I with just hindsight, with, Tenet. with hindsight, Christopher Eccleston is probably a bit. Well, maybe he isn't. I don't know, but maybe seemingly disappointed he only did one series because Tennant did four series. Did Matt Smith do three or two, three maybe? Most of them have done three since then. Peter Tennant's Capaldi. the longest serving yeah. modern era. Uh, How many Doctor did Peter Capaldi? Peter Capaldi only did two, didn't he? I think, and then Joe no, he did three. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. I, I really liked three. the vibe of him and Jenna Coleman as well. The the change from having Matt Smith and Karen Gillan to having Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman was such a bigger age difference and it would be a totally different relationship. I really liked that. Um, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Jenna Cole, what can I say? She is, she is, uh, she's on my list. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Top of it. I was, she's fantastic. Yeah. But no. um, they, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they've all done about three. I think the, the relationships with all of them have worked well. I, I like I like keeping the companion uh, going over uh, the changes, the regenerations. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love all that. The, I mean, the way they've structured it is just is really w- well. Um, what I think is quite interesting, and it's I can't. Well, Billy Piper's sort of become a big name, but not really in terms of films and stuff, <clears throat> sort of big in the UK as an actress now. But uh, And then Jenna Coleman's sort of getting a lot of work now and probably will end up making it into films. But Karen Gillan going from playing Amy Pond to starring in Avengers as one of the major characters in Guardians of the Galaxy and then the Avengers storyline of Infinity War and Endgame, she has, she's... And then she's been in Jumanji, hasn't she? With a rock and yeah, yeah. She, she's, she's done phenomenally well for herself. Absolutely, proper movie star now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, going over to the US and doing anything big is. Um, but then, so did uh, Arthur. Oh. Arthur Darville. Yeah, because he went into DC's Legends of Tomorrow. 
Ah, right. So, so he was the big character in that for like the first uh, three or four seasons. Oh, cool. um, I didn't know that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, doing that. So he he's done really well over there. So uh, and Matt Smith did quite as doing great. Yeah. I mean, he's been and done the crown and stuff. I don't know what he's in at the minute. He but was in um, doing summer. It's a shame because it's been kind of panned as not a great example, but he was in Terminator Genesis as well, Matt. Smith. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. Um, and there kept being huge rumors he was gonna have a major role in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, and it was gonna be a big surprise as to what he was doing. And then it seems like he got cut out of it and has through NDAs hasn't been able to reveal what he should have been doing. But for months before it got released, I kept hearing things about, oh, Matt Smith's going to be something to do with the emperor or someone who gives up his body for the emperor to go into or something about the emperor. And uh, it never happened. I was a bit disappointed not to see him in it. I, uh, like that. I know you're going to hate me on it, but I haven't seen that Luke Skywalker one yet. That, ah. The solo one. Oh what what no what the last no the Han Solo one what oh film the are you Solo about? film yeah no I was talking about the third one in the Disney sequel trilogy so there's Force Awakens oh. the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker no He's... I haven't seen it I haven't seen the last one ah oh, outrageous right no I knew you'd kick off about that we can't do a podcast uh, about that then <laughs> well we can because I will watch it eventually I just I I, I just yeah I was a Trekkie yeah so, yeah fair enough fair enough. Um, I've always liked Star Wars. I've never had anything against it. I just haven't been as uh, into it as um, others. Funny, I am. I am. I have finished uh, Mandalorian season one now, and I love it. I think yeah, nice. Really, uh, you've got to get yeah. to season two. So we're on. We're on season two. End of season two. But is yeah. Awesome. But yeah, obviously I'm a fan. As this all started for me wearing my Doctor Who pajamas last. Uh, it last really week. did. Yeah. Um, which led to this, and it, it is amazing how. What is amazing about this show is it's fundamentally British. Yeah. Yeah, it is one of the world's, uh, well, it's the BBC World's Wide biggest ever selling show. Yeah. And yeah. it's the longest running sci-fi show. Yeah. I think in the world. I don't know of another science fiction show that's going, I'm not talking about soap operas or anything like that. Yeah. I'm talking, because uh, this is over 50 years. This is uh, uh, This is 58 years old. So it's about to go into its 60th year crazy i yeah. i can't really imagine one that's been doing that it's done like 862 episodes yeah uh there's still 97 episodes missing really yeah because when uh, well they've not been found in archives they're just they were there, made there isn't, and... they're not in archives it was at a time when storage was at a minimum and they yeah. just re- either recorded over them or destroyed them or there was 200 odd episodes completely missing. And the only reason any of those are back is because the fans who had copies, when it sort of became this cult icon and everyone was like, well, where's all these episodes we can't watch? Yeah. And they, they said, well, I've got this copy, I've got that. And a whole fan base came in and, and they've just brought them brought them all back. But That's they're still... Nine, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think last time I heard anything, it was about 97 episodes just missing... Uh, that that we're never going to get back. Wow! But some of the earlier ones are brilliant, and if you watch them, you'll. If I, I think even as a performer, you'll love them, because they were all. If you if you ever go back and watch them, they were all um, single takes. So oh, a right. lot of the episodes were all single take shots, and so if anyone messed up the lines or anything like that, y- y- they had to compensate for it. <laughs> brilliant. And bec- because, um, well, I mean, you know. 
I mean, the fun, I don't think we're spoiling it for anybody. Uh, you know, Doctor Who, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, the actor playing Doctor Who changes every now and again. But what, yeah. you know, like they did that because William Hartnell was ill. Yeah, uh, like I did that. Yeah. This one, it was really ill. Uh, and they were a bit worried because they'd obviously invested a lot of time and money in, in, the, in the show and the production. They wanted it to continue. Yeah. So uh, they just accidentally created this regeneration technique. It was never going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, so that they could keep the character and keep everything going and the audience wouldn't kick off about it. But yeah. because he was ill, he, he, he wasn't particularly up on like remembering lines and stuff very well. So yeah, in the yeah. early in the early sort of uh one take scenarios, you can kind of, you can you can see it. Like you as a performer, you'll be able to go in there and go, oh yeah, I could see what happened there. <laughs> like, you know, you, yeah. you know, you could tell when the other performers a little bit pissed off because someone's <laughs> gone, oh 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 uh, yeah. so uh it's it's um yeah if you ever get to see some of those uh, early doors ones uh, there's not a lot of footage of them. I don't. Even, I couldn't even tell you actually if I've seen a whole episode of them because I don't know how long they were. Yeah. But uh, the bits that I have seen from and it was someone who I was who told me that it was all one take. Uh, a mate of mine and and when I was watching it, I was like, oh yeah, you can see you now. There's there's no there's not many cuts or anything like that. Yeah, I yeah. think they were quite short. Well, I have to but, say learning this evening that your first or your major kind of youthful memory of Doctor Who was Sylvester McCoy. I don't think I've ever told you before that um, I first met him in, I think it was 1989. My dad and uncle were in pantomime with him and uh, in Manchester. And um, is there anyone you haven't met? Look at you. You just (laughs) like (laughs) name. Shall I just pick up these names you keep dropping? then? Yeah, um, but even better than that. Though. 1989. So you were like what, 30? <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was. You're all weak. I was not quite a teenager then, um, but I, my dad became <laughs> quite quite good mates with Sylvester McCoy and stayed in touch with him. And because he was a Doctor Who at the time, my dad asked him if he would come and present the awards at my local football club's awards night. And he, came, he was working somewhere in the area the day after, and he came and stayed with us, um, came to the awards, presented all the awards as a celebrity. It was like, this is mental. Doctor Who is giving out my football team's end of season awards for my like under 13 football team or something, which was mad. What was even better, though, my dad sort of vaguely stayed in touch with him over the years, but sort of not regularly in any way. And then in 2008, when I was working with my dad, we got to do a panto with him again then. And uh, we actually shared a dressing room with him, which was pretty cool. I remember thinking, ah, oh, it's going to be loads of banter. It's going to be brilliant. Not appreciating that he was a little bit older by then. And he spent a lot of the time in between shows wanting to have a sleep in the dressing room. <laughs> Oh, bless him. So we did have a banter, and um, but uh, not quite to the level as I was expecting. But I was amazed. It was I was didn't know about this and was really pleased to see he had quite a major part in the Hobbit film, um, the Peter Jackson thing after he did Lord of the Rings. They did the Hobbit and the Desolation of Smaug, and he was in that Sylvester McCoy as a dwarf, I think. 
Was he? Yeah. I, I do think I've already expressed my disdain for Lord of the Rings. So yes, you, so I know you, you, won't, you won't be surprised to know that I haven't watched the whole <laughs> No, either. I know you won't care about that, but I thought you'd enjoy the fact he gave me some award when I was about 12 at my local football. Definitely, game. definitely uh, impressed by that. I mean, um, yeah, it's just, and it's, 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 I don't mean this in a bad way. It's weird because you don't ever think of, of the Doctor Who guys have been like phenomenal actors, especially back in the day. Yeah, but sure. They, sure. to kids, they were everything. You know, back yeah, then yeah. that would have been amazing. Yeah. To even have been a, around them. Yeah. Who, if you, so so you remember Davidson? Presumably, you've watched onwards. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you might not have seen all previous, but um, so who within your time frame then would you class as your your Doctor Who, your favourite Doctor Who. It's, ah, oh, that is tough. It's like, because I loved Peter Davison, it's such a clever device, whether it came about unintentionally or whatever, it's such a clever device for a series like that to have its lead actor change every now and again. Yeah, and it keeps brilliant. people interested in the series, keeps the storyline going, and then you have a whole different energy and person. It's brilliant. So I love... And Peter it's good Davison. that they change everything, because what they've done really well is allow each Doctor a personality. Yeah, yeah, Because sure. they haven't just put them in the same outfit and made out, oh, he's changed. Yeah, like, yeah. They've completely revamped who they are. And that's something like they take very seriously, both the else. actors and, and the production as well. Yeah, there's nothing else like that that has that device. There's no other series that allows its cast, like lead actor to change but play the same character in a different way and keep the story going. It's really impressive, that. Um, but yeah. in answer to your question, Peter Davison was like my Doctor Who when I grew up. Then he changed to Colin Baker, and I was kind of a bit anti-Colin Baker just because I was a kid. It was like, oh, it's different. I don't like it. And then I think then it went Remember straight Baker, to Sylvester yeah. McCoy, didn't it? I think there wasn't yeah. another one before Sylvester I didn't, McCoy. Yeah, no, um, I didn't. I didn't particularly like Baker. I loved. I liked Sylvester McCoy, but I was aware at the time that it was sort of becoming not as well thought of a production and when Peter Davison in it it was still pretty good and well thought of so I would say him since it's come back I guess a lot of people would say David Tennant I liked Christopher Eccleston but I think it's a shame he only did one series and then that thing where they had David Tennant and then the sort of love story with him and Rose and Billy Piper's character and the way they left that with him being in a parallel world and another version of himself, I thought it was a really good idea. And I thought it was good they then sort of shied away from, they couldn't have the Doctor and his assistant having a sort of romantic interest then for a while. So it was good they had the device of Matt Smith with... Actually, since David Tennant's my favourite Doctor, my favourite character since it's come back is probably River Song. And I liked having yeah. Amy Kingston do it. That was a clever... When they made it that Amy's baby was her, I was like, oh, my God, that's really cool that you've done that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really, yeah, good device as well. Um, yeah, and it's interesting the shied away from the... Uh, nearly with the Matt Smith Cara, there was this kind of... Is there something going on there? What I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Capaldi outright said, "I'm no love interest." He yeah. Outright said there wouldn't be, particularly with the the companion. He says there's going to be none of that. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. He kept it quite. Did you know Peter Capaldi was like the biggest Doctor Who fan ever? 
Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he, he, no, he, he used to write letters as a kid to the Doctor Who producers, demanding, <laughs> not asking, demanding for production photos and things like that. <laughs> and he also wrote in, I think there's like 20 records of his letters demanding to be the president of the Doctor Who fan club. <laughs> like, as a kid, brilliant, he, he, brilliant. he was always, always pestering them to be likewise david tennant was a massive fan well yeah. so much so he's david tennant's married to yeah um, Peter david's daughter, daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and she George played the daughter of doctor who in the that's show. what i was going to say you mentioned peter capaldi i think he's the only person who's gone on to play doctor who after playing a different character in the same series because wasn't it was it matt smith or david Tennant's series where he played a roman in sort of it old... was in torchwood as well yeah, uh, but he pl- he played in the same episode of Karen Gillan as well. Karen Gillan was in that episode, the Roman one. Ah, right. Uh, and she went on to be, um, I don't yeah. think it was Matt Smith's doctor. I think it was Tennant's doctor. Yeah. And she went on to be Matt Smith's yeah uh, just... companion, and he yeah, went yeah, on yeah. to be to be Doctor Who. Ah, cool. I have to say, I I really like the idea of making it a female doctor now. And I think she's a great actress, Jodie Whittaker. I first saw her in a film with John Boyega, who went on to be in Star Wars, uh, called Attack the Block, which is really sort of weird aliens attacking inner city. I've London. seen Attack the Block. I don't remember Jodie Whittaker. Is she the woman in that? Yeah, she's the young sort of nurse woman who they're going to fight, first of all, and then they have to sort of work together because the aliens are going to attack. Um, I, didn't, I didn't put the My memory of her is Broadchurch. Yeah, 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 sure. But I think, yeah, she's she's great. But I just think, unfortunately, it's not... Well, it's good that it's sort of not a huge deal that it's become a woman. It's just the character continuing. But I, I really don't feel it's been the same since the writing changed, since Stephen Moffat left. I thought Russell T Davis was brilliant as the showrunner and sort of carer of it and writing a lot of the episodes. Stephen Moffat was good. And then since it's become Chris Chibnall, I just there was always something to keep you interested throughout the whole series. And there'd be certain episodes where plot developed for the whole series. And when Chris Chibnall took over in Jodie Whittaker's first series, every episode was standalone and sort of dealt with its own story. And there was no kind of overall thing that had to be resolved at the end or continued or whatever. And I didn't like that. I felt it lost something as a result of that. Yeah, I mean Stephen Moffat is a is a f- phenomenal writer for me. Yeah. Uh, he's done so much stuff that I've read. Did you ever watch that coupling? Oh uh, no, no, I know of it. I've never got into it, never really watched it. Oh mate, you you've got to go and watch uh coupling, especially if you like things like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ah yeah. It, so well written as a as a as a sick. I mean, you have to. Uh, I preface this with you, you probably have to remember the time it was written because I don't know how a lot of the stuff stands up. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today, but uh, yeah, the as a sitcom, I think it's fairly flawless in a lot of ways in the way that it's written. But he wrote that, I believe, with his wife, and she wrote the women's side, and he wrote the men's side, oh, and that's right. why it kind of works. So there's kind of an equal. Yeah, an yeah, equal yeah. footing on that, I think. But uh, but yeah, anyway. So yeah, for the for this to last uh, as long as it has, uh, I know what you're saying. Sometimes you think it's going to run a bit dry. I, I um, 
I haven't not enjoyed it. I think what's happened is there's too many characters. I wish they'd have just had Bradley Walsh come in because I think yeah, Bradley yeah. Walsh is fantastic. And he was him. excellent in that. Yeah. And I think if they just had him and her, where it's a it's it's the juxtaposition of the last setup where it's always the older Doctor and the younger thing. If they'd have had her as the Doctor and him as the assistant and him dragging this old her dragging this old guy around, <laughs> yeah. I think you'd have kind of had a good scenario there. And then they brought in these other characters as well. And I don't dislike the other characters, but like you said, it's like it becomes a bit laborious when they're trying yeah. to tell so much stuff at once without any sort of threads sort of linking them all or, or doing anything. They did try. I mean, the end of that season, is it the first one or the second one, where his wife comes back on... on yeah, the, yeah. But it was so... Com- it was such a... Yeah, it, it, it didn't... It, I, I know exactly what you're saying, basically. Yeah. I agree with you. They obviously, it didn't work as the whole, but the individual parts were fairly good. Yeah, yeah. They obviously got that feedback because then the second series did have some sort of plot device and it had brought the master back and it's it's tried to give a new backstory to the Doctor, which, I again, I kind of don't like a little bit because... You remember the 50th anniversary special they did um, that was released yeah. in cinemas originally that had David Tennant and Matt Smith and it had John Hurt in it and yeah, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought that was brilliant because the whole thing over all 50 odd years of Doctor Who has been he was trying to get back to his home planet and then his home planet, he had to destroy it. And there's this device called the time war and he was partly responsible for his own planet no longer existing. But what they Well, do- I mean, just not to stop you there, but you say that this has been the whole premise of it. Yeah. But actually, uh, it's a quite a misconception. He wasn't ever referred to as a Time Lord, nor did he ever have the home of Gallifrey until the sixth season. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Before then, he was just the doctor and with references to him having some medical degree and stuff every now and again. Yeah. But it wasn't until this, the, the sixth season of, of the original run that um, it was ever referred to as a Time Lord. It was never a thing. His race was never really acknowledged or his oh, past right. was never really acknowledged. But I understand what you're saying because in modern times, that's what we all lead to. That's yeah, what we yeah, believe. yeah. But what I was saying about that is what they did brilliantly in the 50th anniversary episode was respect the history of it, but bring in something new whereby Gallifrey was no longer lost forever. They brought a device in whereby it could be found again somehow, although it was unlikely. But they and I was like, that's really good. They've managed to sort of honour the history and develop it. And then what they've done now at the end of the last Jodie Whittaker thing is bringing this device that she was the first ever Time Lord and has had however many lives before the ones that we've been able to see on the screen and is this whole has this whole other history that we don't know about. And it's like, I feel like they've not brought that storyline in as well and it seems to have been sort of rushed and I don't know. I just Yeah, so it's where do they go with that is the... Uh, like, yeah, but maybe like so. Did they close it off too early with with uh, as fantastic as that story was? That could have been game over, couldn't it? That could have been yeah, yeah. End, uh, end of. 
Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. that thing that we were talking about where they said, you're doing really well. Do you want to do another season? <laughs> we were talking about having more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they can keep changing it. I suppose it's open to... Uh, you see, I don't think they should mess with the history now. We know the history. It's ingrained in us to the point where, like, most most fans will be able to tell you certain things about Doctor Who. How and when they got those things isn't isn't entirely up to you. But most oh. of what we think of Doctor Who now, uh, I, I would put, is ingrained from what's been done since two thousand five, not from what was yeah what we remember. We kind of uh, put these things in. I think in the the whole uh, the, the first few seasons in particular. Um, the, the certain things were just thrown out the window early doors before, and they kind of got cemented back. Like uh, I don't know, I can't even think of like the sonic screwdriver, you know. Yeah. Um, McCoy didn't have a, a sonic. Davidson didn't have a sonic screwdriver. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have these things. Um, I think the showrunners at the time said, "Why is is this supposed to be an intergalactic warlord? Whatever. Like, why <laughs> why is he walking around with this screwdriver? Like, no one could get their hands on it." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then. Russell T. Davis famously said, this guy's an intergalactic store. He's not going to be stopped by a door. <laughs> so he brought the sonic screwdriver back because he could just, doors done. Like, he didn't want this messing about with stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then I think it was David Tennant, or no, it might have been, I can't remember which one it was, actually, who did the thing where it won't work on wood, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. like, so you can't anything except wood. And they just do little stuff like that that just keeps reinventing. I genuinely love stuff that happens accidentally or that happens uh, as a as a get out kind of thing rather than it being. So that's why I'm torn with saying that you're right in the sense the stories. Sometimes you have to develop it to get it to progress any further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt for um, uh, for that as well. I mean, you know, if we go with first takes on everything all the time. Uh, nothing had ever grow. We'd yeah, still, sure. Back, no, I, back yeah, to the future, it would have been a fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And yeah. I think the end of that was rather than a lightning storm or something, it was supposed to be like a nuclear explosion. <laughs> so they had to get it to a point in time where they knew there was a nuclear explosion and they blew up the fridge, and that was the end of the original Back yeah. to the Future. God, could yeah. you imagine that one? Bloody, <laughs> yeah. Not quite the same, yeah. Let's get in a fridge and go back in time, like hot tub time machine, isn't it? Um, what what I was going to just say about Doctor Who, they all there's always been throughout Doctor Who iconic villains, and all that occurs to me as time goes on and they keep bringing back the same villains again, albeit in different guises and in different ways that they've survived after being overcome before let's say the Daleks in particular, it's the way the doctors react to hearing, oh my God, the Daleks are involved with like ultimate fear. They're the most evil beings in the universe. If, if it was me now, it'd be like, well, whatever's happened with the Daleks, the last 10 times they've lost every single time I've defeated them. So it, it like loses something because I understand every producer wants to feature the Daleks in their version of Doctor Who every actor probably wants to act against them and whatever but each time they keep being thwarted they lose something from their power to me so like yeah. the Cybermen have been used quite a bit now the Daleks have been used way too much 
I liked that they tried to incorporate, wasn't it Capaldi's with the silence, which was in, or it might have been Matt Smith, which was yeah, in. Yeah, I love the silence. The Weeping yeah. Angels. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, Weeping good. Angels are brilliant. Like yeah. new things like that. I'll tell you what, mate. I despise the garlics. I ate them. I wish every time I hear that noise, I'm like, oh, it's one of these episodes. I can't be doing with it. It winds me the hell up. Yeah. The guy who in the guy who designed them very nearly didn't because they didn't own. That's the right. Yeah, they had to get special permission from his estate yeah. to be able to. Yeah, use yeah, yeah. Them. and he wouldn't let him use them. And I was yeah. like, why did he pack it in? They must have offered him some money. Yeah. But yeah, I think. All right. First season with Eccleston, yeah, bring him back. Bit of nostalgia, go for it. Yeah. But every season they come back. And I'm on your side on that one. I'm like, surely at some point when you hear that noise, you're going to be like, oh, I've, I've already beaten you. Like, <laughs> come on, give me yeah. a break. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I do, however, like the Cybermen. I, I do think they're quite good. And I really think the way they keep bringing back the Cybermen is inventive as well. Yeah. It's not just like, uh, you know, a Dalek turns up, whatever. Cyberman, the the last time they did it, uh, I just thought was uh, I can't even remember if I'm thinking of Capaldi or what was did yeah, Jodie it was it was it was it to was... do with Peter Capaldi's doctor's death. It was to it was at the hands of Cybermen. The yeah, something like that. There was a big thing where they came, and I thought that's I thought the way that they brought them back. Um, yeah, uh, I, I probably should have. Looked into that. A bit I quite more, liked yeah, how I they was how they did it with David Tennant, where they had Roger Lloyd Pack as a sort of megalomaniac character, and then um, everyone started downloading news briefings and stuff into their own brains, and then it yeah, became the, that, yeah. the cyber member an extension of that, and like people becoming <clears throat> automatons or whatever. I really liked that. Yeah, but I can't... even the master. I'll tell you what. As soon as. Um... Sims had done the master. That was it. Game over. Don't, yeah, do not yeah. do the master again. Because yeah. he not only nailed it to perfection, he was it, that was the ultimate comeback. Because he was brilliant the, when that was Derek Jack. When he lost his memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he had to do the, the clock thing. What a st- fantastic storyline. Yeah. Everything fell into place. And Sims was just perfect in that yeah. role. And I'm not knocking anyone that came after it, but they can't compare to it. So just don't, when you've got gold, don't yeah. keep striking to try and find more. You're not going to find more. You'll just find some other. The de- some I liked else. the device of having the Missy character with Peter Capaldi because it was a female version of the master and it was kind of setting up in the future. Doctor Who could also become a woman. I sort of understood that. But like you say, for me, yeah, John Sims portrayal of that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you're never going to get it the same. And it's annoyed me that they've done it just now with Jodie Whittaker's one. He's come back again. And I'm like, oh, I'd... yeah, I hated that. No offense yeah. to the guy, but um, yeah, no. It just reminds yeah, this... me of that Dr. Range that's on ITV all the time. <laughs> it just really reminded <laughs> the, me of this. Surely they can find new, th- th- yeah, like write a new villain. When it's Find someone that someone can new. travel through the entire universe throughout time, don't keep bringing back the same villains. You know, find some other threat that's terrible. I know they have done every season to some extent, but yeah, I quite liked. Do you remember? Right, I think it was at the start. Christopher Eccleston. No, no, it was David Tennant's where they had the adipose, which were little cute looking white globuly things, and it was that I, the fat thing. The yeah. bits of fat that got fell out here. <laughs> yeah, it turned out they're actually quite horrible, but they looked really so, cute. Okay, so 
Well, that's written down here, actually, that uh, Tom Baker, although we both said weren't that great, he's the longest serving doctor ever. Is he? How many se- yeah. seasons did he do? Or I don't know seasons. He did 172 episodes. Wow. Okay. David yeah. Tennant is the longest modern, and he only did 47. Yeah, wow. They only did six episodes. So I, I think, think the other episodes were like 20 minutes or something. I can't think they were big. Because the episodes now were like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, no, yeah. I don't yeah. think you can compare them. But what I was going to say, right, so we've got lots of different Doctors now with various different companions, and we're yeah. now on old uh, Jodie uh, Whittaker, who I actually think is lovely and doing a good job. I just think the storytelling is a bit bad for her. I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it annoys me that she's also Northern because now I've had two Northern Doctors, which means it's never going to be me. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, so if any of these past companions could come back, given all the story history that's going on, who would, who would you like to see? And I'm not counting River Song because she's not technically a companion. No. Well, she not. is. But I'm not. It's weird because they, they... I'd they... like to see River Song meet her, actually, because how that was never acknowledged because River Song's going the other way. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. River Song. Well, I suppose it Which depends on what in a point you meet River Song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they're married, she must know. Yeah, I can't Oh, no, she how. met him when he was Capaldi and she went the other way. No, she wouldn't have met Jodie Whittaker. No, that's true. Yeah, she wouldn't. So it would have been... Yeah, it would have been... She was going back. She was going backwards to him. Uh, which is a really good story. It's just... like, Was that Moffat? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. you see, it's Moffat, man. you got to have him on your side if you... <laughs> but yeah like could you imagine rose coming back and finding the doctor's a woman yeah i don't know what what device they could use but since since the 2005 comeback i think the end of all the um companions has been quite satisfying i guess the the most upsetting was amy pond's end wasn't it because that was to do with the weeping angels and her and rory getting trapped together or i was happy with yeah, but they were together. Yeah, they were together, I suppose. Yeah. The upsetting one was Kara. Kara died. Yeah. Uh yeah, okay. Yeah, true. But then she went off with her own TARDIS. So she's going the long way around to her death. Yeah. With Maisie. I can't remember what character she Maisie was. Maisie from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Maisie. They're on a TARDIS together somewhere. Um, I'd quite like uh the doctor's daughter to come back. I always thought that was a character that they should have done something with and they yeah, never yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was And I'm surprised it didn't. And away. it doesn't have to be, because she can clearly regenerate. So yeah. there's a whole character there that potentially, I thought that's where they'd have gone with the female version of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I generally thought they'd have done something with her as a female version of Doctor Who, but was younger, probably got a bit more energy and a bit more uh, rebellious and a bit more going to do stuff wrong, whereas the Doctor kind of always does stuff right. They could have done a really good spin-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, here's something. Doctor's Nave thought. mentioned spin-offs. I don't know too much because I never watched it. I watched the main Doctor Who series. I don't know too much about Torchwood other than it focused on Captain Jack and the other people in Torchwood. Um, yeah. But you really liked that as well, didn't you? Because it was a bit more I adult. did, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a bit more adult because they swore and that was exciting, <laughs> uh, and the sex in it and that was exciting. <laughs> yeah. uh, the first season of that, I, I have watched it recently. The first season's a bit hard because it's a bit freak of the week kind of stuff. So what you say about the first season of Buffy and stuff like that, you got freak of the week. So there's always 
it's a standalone story. It's like Jodie Whittaker's first season. Yeah. And I think it's when you're trying to establish new characters completely. Because the thing, the one thing Jodie Whittaker didn't have that other doctors previously have had is the lap over of the lap over, the overlap of the, <laughs> of companion. the companion. Yeah. You yeah, had yeah. to start from scratch. And I don't know if that was rightly or I don't know if they could have kept it. Well, it was, well, no, because Bill died. Uh, yeah. There was, so they didn't have any takeover from anyone else. There wasn't anyone else coming to see, I wonder how they get along with this. They came to see the spectacle of it being a female doctor. Yeah. And then they had to establish everything again. So I think the reason it went freak of the week is because they were trying so hard to, there was, there was nothing for anyone to get invested in at the start. Yeah. 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 So sure. You didn't really know where you were going with it. But, um, yeah, the second one, they tried it like you said. Uh, I can't remember why I was saying that. What, were, what was a, what, why was that a tangent? Um, because you were talking about what um, companions you'd like to have come back, and oh yeah, I was talking about the daughter. No, then I started talking about the daughter. That's the one I'd want to see come back and see yeah. how they interact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and things like that, but it is weird. I do have some little tidbits uh, that, that I found quite interesting in, in things that I was looking at. Oh, one thing that did make me laugh, you know, um, Pertwee's scarf, that ridiculously long scarf that he has. Yeah, yeah, part yeah. Of Doctor Who. Do you know, uh, apparently he got that scarf because one of the costume designers asked some... He said, I feel like I need a scarf. <laughs> yeah. And so... They said, right, Doctor Who uh, wants, wants a scarf. Here's a load of wool. Find a colour that you like and knit a scarf. She got really confused by this and all the samples that this person had given her, she knitted together in one incredibly long scarf. <laughs> so it was completely accidental. And he walks in and went, yeah, I'll have that. I love it. And he just had this ridiculously long... And that became his thing. It was completely accidental That's because brilliant. the costume designer just went, what am I doing with all this? You want a scarf? So she just knitted every single bit of wool that she had in front of her. Yeah. And it made this ridiculously, like, four-metre-long <laughs> scarf that became his sort of sort of set piece, which I just love. It's things like that that happen accidentally but become so iconic that I love in all these kind of low-budget things because yeah, that's how yeah, it yeah. works. I suppose something we haven't really touched on, although you did say about how you liked it in the American BBC film version, the, one of the most incredible things about Doctor Who, particularly for kids, is the TARDIS and understanding there's something that looks like a little box and when you go in it, it's massive. And mm. I think they've never really ventured too much into all other things there could be inside the TARDIS. It all focuses on that sort of main control room. They've talked about um, companions having their own rooms in there or whatever, and Rory and Amy. And a library. Yeah. But that's why that film was really good, because the big ending was in that massive hall, which apparently Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. The TARDIS look amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I they did. They the had an episode. Thing, was that Matt Smith's episode that had Saran Jones in it, and it was supposed to be like the human embodiment of the TARDIS or something? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, there was that. Oh, yeah, and he went. That's where they went, like roaming through the TARDIS, isn't it? But again, that was like like what they do on Star Trek. It's the same corridor. They just come film it coming down in different <laughs> directions. Yeah. It's, it's it didn't give it the grandeur that the film did the film was the best thing to make the tardis look amazing yeah uh, i like the fact they've kept it as the police box 
Mm. Um, but that's uh, d- did you know there was the um, a lawsuit for that because they tried to trademark it. Oh, really? I did not know. Yeah, yeah. It took the BBC uh, six years in court with the Metropolitan Police because it looks like a police box. Right. A police box from, like, the 50s, 60s that no one in their right mind would recognise as a police box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and by the end of it, the police had to pay the BBC uh, all the legal fees for the court case. Like they lost the court case, oh, so wow. they could right. copyright it. And it's now copyrighted as a Doctor Who thing now, is is that image. But yeah, the Metropolitan Police, for some bizarre reason, yeah. decided to go after the BBC for using the image of a police box. That's weird. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was before the series took off. That was in... Uh, I didn't oh, what, like in the fifties, in the uh, mid. No, 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 no. Hang on, I have written it down. It was recent, mate. Recent. Oh right, just right. before the last one. Oh okay. Oh wow, that's that two thousand two. Is... So in two thousand and two is when the court, the case was closed, but it when took it six hadn't... years. <laughs> so it when started it... in nineteen ninety six. It must have been around the film time, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's must have been so around bizarre. the time of the film that this decided to sue him. Because <laughs> I think the film was like mid nineties, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think it might have been. Yeah. Bit, it might have been in production when they started. I think it was ninety seven. It came out the film, possibly. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was a six year uh, court battle. Oh, I, I won't say battle. I'm not like they were in court giving evidence and stuff. I'm just like it was a trade trademark thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and yeah, they had to pay money and legal fees. So I don't know what the <laughs> I don't know what the money ended up being. How strange. Something I was going to say to you when you were talking about Bradley Walsh earlier, I did think he was brilliant because it's unusual for someone who everybody perceives as a comedian and then who's become a game show host. I know he was in a series called Law and Order for a while doing serious yeah, acting. But loved to see it. Him, yeah, to see him do sort of serious acting and but with a humorous twist in it and be coming across really good. I really enjoyed his character. Although I think it's shown it's a bit harsh on the next person because they may be phenomenal but it's like right you've got a female doctor you've found a sort of middle-aged male comedian to be one of their main companions all right bradley walsh has gone now who are we going to get to do it next right we've got john bishop to do it it's like right that seems very similar casting in terms of the style of character whether it ends up being something totally different, I may be misjudged, but I thought that was a bit of a weird thing to go with. Yeah, well, Bradley Walsh is off doing something else now, isn't he? I yeah. think he's hilarious. I, I love the chase. I love. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think he's brilliant. I, I'm. I nearly. I actually bottled it, but I saw him in Marks and Spencers with his wife shopping. Ah, oh, yeah. In in what in. Um, Stratford and I, I, I very nearly went up and sort of did the whole oh. but then I thought he's out with his wife's shop he's trying on fucking trousers why am I blooming trying to yeah, the thing. No, one I... other little tidbit which I'll, I'll leave because I know we're running short of time so Sorry. because of BBC Worldwide obviously it is pretty big in America so Doctor Who is quite massive in America as well in fact yeah, worldwide yeah. yeah sure and uh, America has tried to bottle this many many times and there has legitimately been filmed and this is when the bbc said no i think there was this thing where america was like no we want to do a film of doctor who and they were like bbc like no it's ours and they got the film and i think that's kind of how these americans got involved 
and why it was filmed partly over there and how you got Eric Roberts and stuff like that. Right, yeah, but yeah. The Paramount version, so Paramount was on about trying to do a Doctor Who film, and they actually put together a plan. Right. right? So you're talking late 90s. Yeah, yeah. Cast your mind back to late 90s. Who would you, if you were making a Doctor Who film, and if you've read this online, go with me on it, but who, who would you want to cast? Who would you think that is gold right there? Doctor Who, American style. American Doctor Who, so a sort of heroic figure, sci-fi figure, late 90s. God, I don't know, that's difficult. You, I guess you'd go for someone ultimate like Tom Cruise or something, or think he could have been a good Doctor Who. Um if it was American, uh, I, I'm struggling to think of any other actors. Tom Hanks, someone like that. If you wanted a bit, hey, Tom Hanks would be a cracking Doctor Who, you know. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Not, that's that's not a bad shout, if I'm honest. I reckon right. he'd do the quirky stuff, and like I think. Yeah, he'd be good. yeah, yeah. All right, but no, no, no. what are you going to tell me? I'm intrigued now. All right, legit person that they put forward one of two. The right. first one, Michael Jackson. <laughs> What? Kid you not. <laughs> Michael Jackson, Doctor Who. He's quirky. He yeah. could pull it off. That would have been yeah. quirky. He wow. Could, he could sing the Daleks to sleep <laughs> and then away you go. He could moonwalk on the moon. That would have been Yeah, quirky. he could. He could have done loads of stuff. Could old Jacko. Yeah. But number wow. two will astound you. Jacko's not available. Who are you going to call? What? This is going to astound me more. Right. Go yeah. on. No, I'm ready to be astounded, but you've built it up. I, yeah. I have built it up. You ready? Yeah. Jacko, do you want to do Doctor Who? No, we can't get Jacko, mate. Oh, I'll tell you what. Give Bill Cosby a ring for me. <laughs> oh, you have astounded me. Bill yeah, Cosby? Those were the two that were lined up to be <laughs> Doctor Who, according to legend. In well, the Paramount Pictures version. Now, you can't get two more controversial <laughs> figures. Right? With hindsight, it's probably a good job. Neither yeah. of them did it. Yeah, wow. Could you imagine what that would have done to the reputation of that show <laughs> if, if America were let loose on doing, trying to... Ah. Why do they always try and rip off British stuff? It that really is why me. it should always stay with a British writer or production team or showrunner or something, because... If it went to America, it would just get gradually ridiculous. Oh, that yeah, that's... certain things they do. They did. Do you know what? Coupling, as far as I'm aware, Stephen Moffat might prove me wrong, but was his counter uh, programming to the American Friends? Yeah, right. So yeah, we, yeah, they yeah. had friends. He said we a typical British version of that. I don't know if you specifically had that in mind, but that's what it became accustomed to. Yeah. So yeah. it was like you've got friends. We've got this couple one. It's a British thing. Six people three guys three girls it's very formulaic but it's hilarious uh and does really well yeah uh the americans saw it and went that's pretty good we'll do a version of that (laughs) 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 and there is an american version of coupling which is our version of the friends that's sort of ultimate (laughs) irony and they've not understood it that's brilliant i love and it tanked after one season (laughs) Well, unfortunately, um, our time is getting very short now. It's been genuinely enjoyable to talk about Doctor Who, but I think before we go, we ought to whet the listeners' appetite with um, what's going to come up in our next episode. And I think mainly thanks to you, you've come up with a good idea of what we should do. 
Oh, oh wow, a bit of credit there from yeah, Craig. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, I think next week we are going to do something a little bit different. Uh, and we are going to have our very first guest on the show. Wow. That, <sighs> that is exciting. Yes. That is exciting. So we're going to have, you're going to have some more dulcet tones to listen to here. Um, and this is assuming, while it is my idea, it is reliant on your connection, Ben. Uh, do we do we have a guest for the show? We will have a guest. Oh, we will have a guest next. for the show. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to have a guest who is connected to the show and connected with a lot of topics on the show. Yeah. Uh, so if you've been listening to the past few, we're going to get his take on, uh, or her take. <laughs> play it cool, play it cool. Um <laughs> We're going to get their take on, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of the topics that we've been discussing and hopefully a bit of insight into uh, some of the stuff that we've already heard about this person on the podcast as well. Nice. So well, that's that- enough clues for you for now. You'll have yep. to uh, get your little beady eyes on the Twitter. Please do, yes. at Feud Thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, any previous episodes, if you want to say hello or ask us to talk about anything in the future, please get in touch on the Twitter at Feud Thoughts. And we'll be back again very soon, looking back at a lot of the topics we covered on our previous podcast, but with a guest. Very exciting. But for now, unfortunately, it's uh, Feud for Thought coming to a close. It's been a pleasure for myself, Ben Simmons, and my wonderful colleague, me, Martin Hill. <laughs> Me, Martin Hill. <laughs> we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. Can't stop saying it now. It's just going to be a thing, regardless <laughs> of people. Want Bye it. for now. Bye.